This morning I'll be talking about believing in the existence of a creator. And I believe that God is the creator. The heart, um, I believe in a creator. And that isn't necessarily the hard part for most people. Most people believe in a creator. But the question is who or what do you believe created everything we know? So, believing in the existence of a creator. I went and I looked up the, the definition of um, some of these words. So, to believe is to accept something as true, to feel sure of the truth of it. Existing is the fact or state of living or having objective reality, which objective reality means that something is actual, so it exists, uh, independent of the mind. It exists no matter if you know about it or what you think about it. And a creator is a person or thing that brings something into existence. If we look at science, science tells us that time was the creator. It says that at the right moment, at the right time, in just the right conditions, there was a big explosion that happened and brought forth life that then took time to evolve into an actual animal or thing and then, and then from there, it took years and years to evolve into something else, and everything kept on evolving in a slow process that took four and a half billion years and gave us what we have now. They say that the first human ancestors appeared between five million and seven million years ago, probably when some ape-like creature in Africa began to walk habitually on two legs. And scientists don't believe that there is an actual reason we are created except that it just happened by chance. They say that there is an explosion, but doesn't that make you wonder what exploded and what caused the explosion? You may have heard of the name Richard Dawkins. If you don't know who he is, he is an evolutionary biologist and a committed atheist. And there's a video I uh, saw with him answering some questions about God and creation. And some of his answers were really interesting. He was asked if he could put a number or percentage on how unlikely it would be for there to be a God. He initially said 99%. And I think that was interesting that a man so sure there isn't a God and so knowledgeable in his field that he didn't say 100%. He just thinks that it's very unlikely that there's a God. And then later in the, in the interview, he even said that he really couldn't put a number on it, but it would definitely be over 50%. Dawkins is okay with the idea of our planet being designed, just not by God. He said that there could have been another civilization that evolved and then designed a form of life that they then placed on Earth. He believes that intelligent design could be real, that these designers would be of some higher intelligence somewhere in the universe, but he also believes that this higher intelligence would itself have to have been created that it couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. It couldn't have just been there. He believes in anything but God. He went on to say that you might find evidence for a designer if you look at the chemistry and molecular biology, that you might find a signature of some sort of designer. And this is very interesting to me because there's a molecule in our body called laminin. So what is laminin? Laminins are glycoproteins with both common and specific functions. One common and most important function of laminins is to interact with receptors anchored in the plasma membrane of cells adjacent to basement membranes. 
In doing so, laminins regulate multiple cellular activities and signaling pathways. In simpler words, laminin is a cell adhesion molecule. It's the stuff that holds the membrane of our bodies together. And if Rachel could put that slide up, it looks just like a cross. Colossians 1, 16 through 17 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, all things, and in him all things hold together. So there is no way we are put here by chance. There is evidence of an intelligent designer who is God, because if you, like Richard Dawkins, think that some other higher power created life and then placed it on earth, there is still the question of who created them. For some, it's hard to figure out what the truth is. There are two completely opposing sides to how people think we were created. They're so different that one of them has to be right and the other has to be wrong. Some view a creator as objective truth, and others view a creator as subjective truth. Subjective truth says that everyone has their own truth. They say that yours might be different from theirs, and truth is different for everyone. When you're talking about God, this isn't right, because God is the truth, and he is forever unchanging, therefore our truth about him about God, should never change. The truth is the truth, and you can't pick and choose what you want. John 14, verse 16 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It can be hard to follow the truth when the world is telling you to find your own truth, to believe what you want and focus on yourself more. And when they're constantly contradicting what you believe, how do we stand firm? This is where faith comes in. Faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. We're going, to, we're going to have to take a step of faith no matter what we believe in. If we believe in God or if we believe in nothing, and you can't decide who God is, you can't try and figure him out based on what the world says, unless it aligns with the Bible. I took an international trip earlier this summer, and while I was there, I taught a children's class. I taught them how to hear the voice of God. I taught them that it could be really easy to confuse the voice in our heads with God's voice and not know if God is speaking to us or who, is, or who we're hearing from. So I taught them that when this happens, we need to line it up with the Bible. If it aligns, it is definitely truth. If it aligns, it will never be false. And it works like that because the Bible is the written truth from God. Anything that aligns with it is aligning with God. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. Some people doubt that the Bible is the truth from God. That is where we have to go back to faith. Remember, faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. I was looking up Bible verses about having faith in God, and I found this verse that says, And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. That's Mark eleven twenty-two through 24. 
This verse simply states to have faith in God. If we read earlier in the book of Mark, it tells us that when Jesus and his disciples were leaving Bethany, they found a fig tree. But it wasn't the right time of year for the tree to bear fruit, so Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. A couple days later, Jesus and his disciples had passed by the tree again, and Peter remembered what Jesus had said. So he said, Look, Rabbi, the tree you had cursed has withered and died. And that is when Jesus replied and said, Have faith in God. We have to have faith in something. And we often have faith in things without even thinking about it. Like the sun rising and setting. We never have a fear if the sun is going to rise tomorrow. We don't even think about the fact that the sun will rise. We just have faith that it'll happen and never think about the fact, or we never think about what if it doesn't. We just have faith, and we need to just have faith in God. Easier said than done, right? We have faith that the sun will rise and set every morning and every night. We know this will happen because that has been our experience with the sun. Every day of our lives, the sun has risen and set in an expected pattern. When we spend time with the Father, we get to know him day in and day out. We get to experience him as truth, that he is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. Our everyday experiences with God will increase our faith. God is truth, and he is more dependable than the rising and setting of the sun. All too often, what the truth and what the world is saying are opposing. So let's take a look at some of those opposing views. The Bible says that there was a divine creation, that God spoke everything into existence, but some would say there was a spontaneous generation. Psalm 33.9 says, For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Bible says there is purposeful design, but some would say it was a random accident. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. The Bible says there's intricate order, but some would say there is a chaotic mistake. Psalm 92.5 says, How great are your works, O Lord! Your plans are very intricate. The Bible tells of an infinite God, but some would say there's infinite odds. Psalms 147, verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is, is infinite. The Bible says God is the creator, but some would say time is the creator. Revelation 4:11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. The Bible says God has a purpose, but some would say there's no purpose. Proverbs 16.4 says, God has made everything for its purpose. The Bible, the Bible says we have a young earth. Some would say of an old earth. The Bible tells in Genesis 1.7, um, it talks about seven literal days of creation. The Bible says there was civilization from start, but some would say there was a slow development of civilization. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The Bible says there's future hope. Some would say there's no hope. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Sometimes we lose hope because we focus on ourselves and on our problems. And when we do that, they become bigger and God becomes smaller. But when our focus is on God, things are put into perspective. He becomes bigger and our problems become smaller. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Our God is an amazing, is amazing, and this is reflected in all of his creation. Psalm 19, 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and skies proclaim the work of his hands. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 5, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 41. It says, the sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. And as I was researching for this preaching, I learned a lot about stars. There is a galaxy called the Whirlpool Galaxy. And you can put that picture up then, Rachel. This galaxy contains 300 billion stars and is one of hundreds of billions of other galaxies in the known universe that God has made. And there's another picture of this galaxy. If you look in the center of it, they discovered a black hole. And if you look at the picture of the black hole, there's a cross in it. Remember the molecule I was talking about earlier? Our God is in every detail. If you look at the sun, our own star, the one we can see in the sky. If you look at it from the view we have, it doesn't look very spectacular. But the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the surface. It's 93 million miles away. But what's crazy is the size of our sun. Our sun is a billion times the size of the Earth. If the Earth were the size of a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. It's so big that you could fit 960 Earths inside the sun. That is a massive star and is only one of hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy that God created. Another star is called Betelgeuse, 427 light years away. The crazy thing is that Betelgeuse is twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun. If the Earth were the size of a golf ball, Betelgeuse would be the height of the Empire State Building times six. Can you imagine putting a golf ball next to the Empire State Building, looking up at it, imagining five more on top of that, then looking back down at the Earth and somewhere you're on it? You could fit 662 trillion Earths inside Betelgeuse. If the Earth were a golf ball, that would be enough to fill up the Superdome with golf balls 3,000 times. A third star, the third star is called Musefe. If the Earth were a golf ball, it would be, you would be able, sorry. If the Earth were a golf ball, Musefe would be the size of two Golden Gate bridges end to end. This star is so big, you could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths inside the star. Quadrillion has 15 zeros behind it. This number in itself is even hard to grasp, so let's break it down. A million is a little bit easier to grasp. We have a spot in our brain for that. 
And we know that a billion is a thousand times a million, a trillion is a thousand billion, and so quadrillion is a thousand trillion. Here's a way to put it into perspective. A million seconds ago was 12 days ago. A billion seconds ago was June of 1976. A trillion seconds ago would have been 29,700 BC, and a quadrillion seconds ago would have been 30,800,000 years ago. This is an absolutely huge star. But the crazy thing is it's not even the biggest star. The biggest star scientists have found is called Canis Majoris. If the Earth were the size of a golf ball, Canis, if Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest, almost five and a half miles above sea level, the highest point on Earth. You could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside Canis Majoris. That would be enough Earths to fill, if the Earth were a golf ball, to cover the entire state of Texas in golf balls 22 inches deep. This is a big star, and it makes the Earth you're on seem really tiny. I don't think I have a spot in my brain for how incredibly big this, this star is, and our God is even bigger than that. Sin can make God seem smaller than he is. Just a little glimpse of how big these stars are, how big his creation is, resizes everything. Our God is not a small God, and he created all of this. Even the way he created it is astonishing. God created everything we know by breathing it into existence. With the breath of God, he was breathing stars. With the word he spoke, and there was light. Psalm 33, 6 says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. Our God is such a big God. And I don't say that to make you feel distant from him. I heard a story of this girl who said that she no longer believes in God because the idea of a God and a creator is so big and it makes her feel so small that to think that he would ever want to know her is unimaginable. But let me say that the same God who created the biggest star, Canis Majoris, also knit you together in your mother's womb. The same God who spoke everything into existence also knows how many hairs are on your head and he wants to know everything about you. In the very beginning, one cell from your mom and one cell from your dad each carried 23 chromosomes. The one from your mom carried half of her DNA, and the one from your dad carried half of his DNA. Those two cells met and merged into one single cell, and your life began. Those chromosomes matched, and they began to create a brand new DNA code. Using four, nu four nucleotides, they start writing a three, three billion character description of who you are. In this one little simple cell is everything for who you are to be. Scientists say that if you take the DNA out of that one little cell and stretch it out, that DNA would be six feet long and three billion characters. If I were to try and read your DNA, one character per second, night and day, it would take me 96 years just to read the description of you. This information that had never been written, this is information that had never been written in the history of humankind. And then that one cell did the unthinkable, and it set out to build a model, and that's you. 
you now have 100 trillion cells in your body. When you were developing in your mother's womb, at one month old, your eyes and ears and lungs developed. Billions of cells were formed and your size increased by over 10,000 times. Shortly after your first month, the speed at which you are rapidly grow growing slowed down dramatically. If it didn't slow down your, and your speed stayed the same, you would have weighed 3,000 pounds at birth. There is no accident that you are here. And there is proof of our God. From the stars in the sky to the cells in your body, he intricately and purposefully designed it all. Now I'd like to invite the worship team to come up. Jeremiah 1, verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You were created with intention, and God has a specific plan and purpose for your life. Are you spending enough time with him that you can hear his plan clearly? Or are you struggling to understand what your purpose is? Maybe you know what you're called to do, but you're struggling to step into, into what he has planned for you. Are you struggling to believe that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do? God is calling us to a deeper level of faith in him and a more intimate relationship with him. If you would like prayer for breakthrough in your relationship with God and what he is calling you into, or you desire an increased level of faith, the prayer team up here to pray with you.